They pulled off his leg, right? Yeah, they pulled off his leg, and they're like, oh, fuck. He um, used to be two legged that going. Yeah, until Piper just ripped his leg off. And they, yeah. they they aired that live. They're like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No blood, though, which is weird. No, no, just straight off. Uh, yeah. yeah. You think a dude would bleed when he rip his leg off? No. Well, Piper's no a legend. <laughs> well, I, for- I forgot. I forgot. Ah. <laughs> uh. Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Making Kayfabe. It's the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's the right show, isn't it? Yes. Hooray. Who's Kayfabe is it anyway? (laughs) Exactly. Who's Kayfabe is it anyway? With your hosts, me and Drew Carey slash Bryce. So we're here today to in today's episode to talk about sean o'hare how exciting is that it's because there was a little poll we put up on our twitter page at making kayfabe that's a little twitter plug and to see which which character you guys would want to hear about more sean o'hare or mordecai and bryce has the results for us right now i do over to over to bryce for analysis uh the poll itself yeah so we asked them help us settle a bet here so we did have a bet we had a bet between who is um who, who's who's the biggest what could have been from the ruthless aggression era and we had channel here and we had mordecai and you know remember mordecai who was around for all of like three weeks um sean o'hare won 68 percent to mordecai's 32 percent so it was it was relatively close um mm. you know we got um, a whole a whole 37 votes which is wow. uh, you know, that's, that's that's 37 votes my god 68 percent of those 37 people thought that sean o'hare was better than mordecai so yeah i can't do the maths on that but that's a lot of people well let me tell you those people are 100 percent correct i think that sean o'hare was better than mordecai so there you go. And well, to that... prove it, to prove it, just to back up my bold claim, I have a making k view that explains all about that. Oh my god. What a coincidence. That's, that's such a coincidence that we're here making k on an episode about Sean O'Hare and you've got you've got you've got a story about Sean O'Hare. That's that's absolutely insane. Can you imagine if Mordecai had won? I would have looked pretty silly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, uh... Yep, Mordecai won, but here's Sean O'Hare anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are you are you guys saying Mordecai or Mordecai isn't as good as Sean O'Hare? I think <laughs> I think I know what you guys want, you know. Um, so yes, I have a little story for Sean O'Hare. Would you like to yeah. hear it? I would. Uh, I, I I would like to hear it. Yeah, like Sean O'Hare is an interesting one. Like I don't remember a whole lot about him. Like when he was around, I was kind of. Uh, I was I was I was watching SmackDown regularly, but it was a long time ago, and I do remember the um, the uh, Devil's Advocate promos he did, uh, the 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 vignettes even that he had, where he's like standing in front of the white background in the suit and, and, and convincing you to you know cheat on your partner and you know and do do all these um, terrible things, and I think that he could have um, could have went a long way uh, with that gimmick, and then. As far as I remember, you've probably got the history here, but as far as I remember, that that gimmick went as far as as far as I can maybe throw you. So, yeah, there you go. But to be fair, Bryce is a very strong man, and I'm a very, very <laughs> slim individual. I have, like, um, bird bones. You know, they're hollow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm aerodynamic. So you could probably throw me, like, a paper airplane. Like, a fair distance, I'd say. Probably 10, 10 feet, 20 feet, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but that's still, in terms of how far Sean O'Hara's gimmick went, isn't that long. No. No. You're, you're correct in that I do have the history. 
Great. Quite a storied history. I would have started watching wrestling in to the year 2000. Hmm. And I remember on Channel 4, we would get like Sunday Night Heat on Sundays. But also, they would Channel 5 would show episodes of Thunder from uh, oh. WCW. And I don't know if they ever showed Nitro. I don't think they did. But I remember watching a couple of episodes of Thunder. So I would have seen Sean O'Hare in passing in his previous gimmick. And I was watching WWE, WWF, as it was known at the time, whenever he came in with the invasion. Quick sidebar, was was Thunder on Channel 5, was that the um, the thing where they done, whenever it gets, someone got hit by a chair or like when somebody, um, you know, fell through a table, there was like this big like comic style, like kind of automatic paic words that appears on the screen. I'm going to say bang right or boom or... I, I don't remember that, but you again, to no be way. fair, that was literally 20 years ago. <laughs> Dude, how can you forget that? Well, that means that I probably, if it, you know, if or it happened, I made it up. <laughs> yeah, if, if it had, a, if, if I'd seen it, I would have remembered it, you know? Right. So like the ones I saw, clearly that didn't happen. Otherwise I would have remembered it. I swear to God it happened and I'm going to find it. And I'm going to post it in the Twitter. These like these, these comic kind of Batman comic style like words just appear on the screen. So you can't see the guy get hit by the chair, but you can, you know, you, you know what happened. But I'm finding that. You, I want to see this. Yeah. You, you, you do this episode and I will I'll focus on the most important task, which is finding this. So um, I'm going to let you go ahead. Yeah, I'll do the episode and you'll do that. They're not listening. Yes. Like Excellent. I always do. Yay. Um, OK, well, I'll do the story then. Have fun looking up Batman Comic Sans WCW GIF <laughs> or whatever you're going to look up. So are you saying something there? What, I wasn't listening. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to do the storyline. Go for it. Is that okay? Yes. So let me give you some backstory on Sean O'Hare first. Like we covered, he was in WCW prior to WWE. He went through the power plant, which was their, like, it was WCW's developmental program. They called it the power plant. Louis Theroux did an episode uh, on wrestling where he went to the power plant, and they kicked the fuck out of him. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. Um, Because they just, they, they make him work, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> and he's a tiny guy, so they're like, fuck it, you know, you're going you're gonna to run a million laps, uh, <laughs> which is really funny. But anyway, we're not talking about him, that's for a different podcast. That's next episode, Bacon Kayfabe, episode 13, Louis Farouk. Don't, don't spoil the upcoming Tombola for you. <laughs> Sean O'Hare made his WCW appearance on Nitro June 26th, 2000 which would have been the time I was watching. So there you go. He was a tag team with Mark Jindrak, who was also from the power plant. These uh, the young guns that WCW were starting to introduce in the late uh, year 2000, which was good because the previous four years were just full of the same old dudes over and over again. If you ever watched WCW from 1996, even before 1996, it was just, here's all the guys you remember again. So... In August, Sean O'Hare and Mark Jindrak joined up with some of the other guys from the power plant who were also young, new up-and-comers. Mike Sanders, Sean Stasek, Chuck Palumbo, Johnny the Bull Stamboli, and Reno. Everybody's favorite, Reno. Who? Reno. 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 R-E-N-O. R-E-N-O. I have no idea who Reno is. It's Reno. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. Now I know. <laughs> Fucking Reno. Hey, dude. Fucking Reno, all right? <laughs> Right, I'm going back on my phone. I'm going back to Google who the fuck Reno is. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are going to be sorely disappointed, my friend. 
Who the fuck is that? I've never seen that guy in my life. Yeah, that's Reno. Go. He's got like a ponytail and Yeah, he is like he's bald except for one tiny ponytail. <laughs> what the fuck? The first thing that happens when I Google Reno is um, literally that 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 list of people you just said. It's um, a photo of Palumbo, joining the Bull, Jindrak, Sanders, Sean O'Hare, Sean Stasiak, and some guy with a, a weird Reno. ponytail. Yeah, fucking Reno, but right. Motherfucking. I'm, I'm learning so much already. Like, just uh, go go ahead. Like, this is great. There's, there's a lot more because the best thing about this storyline is that you know I'm explaining what happens in WCW in the year 2000, mm. which if you're not familiar with it, Bryce, I don't think you are too familiar with it. It is basically like a a, a year long train wreck. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> it's 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 beautiful. Like I uh, I watched an episode of Thunder on the network one time, and it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it just none of it made sense. It was just just stupidity all the way through. It was amazing. Hands um, cards on the table. The only thing I the only I never watched WCW as a kid. Like honestly, obviously the um the occasional kind of um Channel Five Thunder. But the, the only thing I really know about it is from my listening to. Do you know the Brian and Vinny show? Like yes. uh, Brian Alvarez and Vinny Verhey. Like they go they, they went through. They only just finished recently, but they go through like the whole history of the the Monday Night Wars and like just every time they got to wcw they're just losing their minds because <laughs> it's yeah. just it's based in the year 2000 because it's just so bad oh well i'm gonna get to that so literally uh, right after this what happened was these guys all grouped together to uh, to form a, a stable called the natural born thrillers okay which is in the summer of the year 2000 this is mere months after the wcw had already tried to push the youth of the WCW by literally splitting the roster in half to have the young blood, no, the the new blood, which was the younger wrestlers, against the Millionaires Club, which was the old fucking, you know, the old dudes we'd seen for the last 10 years. Exactly, Hogan, Flair, yada, yada. They did that. They had a soft reboot of the company. I think that was in April. So that went so well that it had already fizzled out by this point, which is... That that went so well that they went out of business a year later. (laughs) Exactly. So... That's going to tell you, that's going to, well, trust me, we're not even scratching the surface. And this is just this specific storyline. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much other fucking shit that happened at the same time, like, on the same show. And you're like, what? Why? That's, if, if anybody is reviewing WCW from the year 2000, it's just going to be the word, why? <laughs> Was this not around the time, like, did David Arquette not win the, the title in Thunder, if I, if I remember correctly? It's, this would, well, it's this year anyway, so... Mm. And I believe this was the same year that we had the infamous Judy Bagwell on a forklift. Oh, in- so, infamous. Famous. Yes. Well, <laughs> famous for its infamy, I believe you'll find. <laughs> anyway, what we'll do is we'll, we'll keep, I'll keep telling you about Sean O'Hare and his background. Cool. So O'Hare and Jindrak as a team went on to win the WCW tag titles uh, on the September 25th episode of Nitro in a battle royal as they had been vacated by the previous champions, Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero. For absolutely no reason. So, um, go get this. Sean O'Hare and Mark Jindrak lost the championships to the Misfits in Action, who are Lieutenant Loco, who is Chavo Guerrero, and Corporal Kiesian, who is Lash LaRue, <laughs> on the on October 9th uh, episode of Thunder. So when did they win it? September 25th, they won the titles. They lost them on October 9th to Lash LaRue and Chavo Guerrero, only for them to win the belts back that same day <laughs> in the same episode 
the same episode, for some reason, this was an Australian episode of Thunder. So they went all the way to Australia to do a double switch of the tag titles. And then on November 16th, they lost the belts again to the Boogie Knights, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright. Uh, November 16th at a show called Millennium Final in Germany. So I guess this was like their worldwide tour where they just were like, fuck the tag titles. So that was what Sean O'Hare and Mark Jindrak brought to the to the to the table. At the same time, Sean Cizek and Chuck Palumbo were also a tag team called The Perfect Event, and they won the tag titles three times before the end of the year 2000. Uh, they the second time they won the titles, they actually beat the Boogie Knights. So there you go. By doing that, that kind of keeps the tag belts in their stable inside the Natural Born Thriller stable, but it's just with a different tag team. So they're still on top. Is is the logic there? Okay. No, that bit had some logic to it. This bit, ah, sit back for this. At some <laughs> point, there was a big tag team battle royal, and lots of tag teams were in it. And the last two tag teams in it, as I recall, were Chuck Palumbo and Sean Cusack, and Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare, the natural born thrillers. So, Mike Sanders, who by now was obviously the commissioner of WCW. <laughs> That's 100% true. It just comes out and says both teams are the winners, which again kind of makes sense to say that the national, the natural-born thrillers are the still the winners. Okay, mm. putting over your own stable that makes sense. However, what he says after that doesn't make any sense. He says because both teams were the winners, why don't we make some new teams? We just switch partners. <sighs> so now Sean O'Hare is partnered with Chuck Palumbo. And Sean Stizak is partnered with Mark Jindrak. So doesn't that make geez. sense? Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. It doesn't nope. make a lick of sense, right? <laughs> so uh, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare win the tag titles on January 14th, 2001. Remember these guys debuted in, uh, what, June of 2000? <laughs> so we're like six <laughs> months in. You're like, what the fuck? So now <laughs> these guys are the tag team champions. And then shortly after that, the whole stable just disbands because Sean Stizak and Mark Jindrak are jealous of Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. Why? For no reason. I mean, they were already tag team champions previously. Like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would they be jealous? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Soon after that, WCW, unsurprisingly, died a death and the WWF bought up their contract. So coming into the invasion, Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare were the WCW tag team champions. How interesting. They held the belts till August 7th, an episode of SmackDown. Guess, do you know who they were, they were beaten by? On SmackDown for, for the titles? Yeah, um, just on a random fucking episode of SmackDown. Undertaker and Kane. Correct. Really? <laughs> this, this, this is why... The invasion is our specialist subject. We know everything about it. We're coming for you Monday night chores. Let's <laughs> <laughs> shout out. So there you go. They lost the belts August 7th to Kane and the Undertaker. In October, Chuck Palumbo was thrown out of the alliance for no reason. And as we know, he went on to form a tag team with Billy Gunn in 2002. We all remember that. How could we forget? You are so good to me. It is true. Mm. I really am. Uh, but that's that's a whole other issue. We'll talk about that one later too. <laughs> so um, Chuck Palumbo formed a tag team with Billy Gunn. Sean O'Hare got sent to Ohio Valley Wrestling to you know fine tune. I mean he wasn't really around during the invasion anyway, as we covered. He lost the belts to Kane Undertaker in August, 
and then didn't do anything. Mm. <laughs> nice. He came back to the main roster in 2002, but it was in 2003 when he did the thing that we all remember. Yes. It was in January 2003 when he came back on an episode of SmackDown. He was a devil's advocate. He would go around telling people to do things that they knew that was wrong, and he would convince them to do it anyway. And he would always finish by saying, hey, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. As if to absolve himself of any responsibility. You know, he's like, hey, man, he knew it already. You know, I might have yeah. told him to do it, but he was thinking of it before I even came along. You know, it's to satisfy that urge. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he had a new look. You know, he was completely different from what we'd already seen him. He had the trench coat and shit. And uh, he was like, he had spiders. He had spider tattoos like all over him. And, uh, you know, he, he looked interesting. He looked badass. Yeah. And he He's in proper cool... shape as well, right? He was, like, proper ripped. Yeah, he was ready to go, you know? And he had a cool, interesting gimmick. So, yeah, so there's a guy who had, like, not only, like, was built like a wrestler now. He, you know, had the physique for it, but he had a cool look. So that you could just, you know, you could see, see him. You could identify him as soon as you saw him. And uh, he had a cool gimmick, right? And he's a young guy, so he's got plenty of potential. There's, like, four positives, Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four things totally in his favor. Yep. I mean, we were slagging up WCW a moment ago, but here, here comes what good old WWE. Here? Like, yeah. <laughs> here comes good old WWE to go, hey, you sit, sit down, my friend. Get a load <laughs> of this. So he started in January with this new gimmick and just kind of was around backstage making people do weird shit till April whenever he was paired up with Roddy Piper. Mm. For, for no reason the whole devil's advocate thing the whole like gothy look and interestingness that was just dropped yeah so this was in april piper was fired in june <laughs> so, so why bother doing any of that shit um and then after that sean o'hare seemed like he was dead in the water which he kind of was after he had a unfortunate motorbike accident in november oh. so he was now injured no, I had no manager, no gimmick, nothing. So he was sent back to OBW and eventually released after he was recovered in 2004. And after that, you know, he tried his hand at the independence and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think he tried kickboxing as well. Um, and he unfortunately passed away in 2014. Yeah, that's a shame. That's it like is such, a shame. Such a waste of talent. And then I didn't know he was in New Japan. That's, that's interesting. I didn't know that one, but... Like even then, that that is well. That's probably a fifth fifth thing that goes well from the kickboxing. You know, Vince McMahon loves like legit badasses, and if he's a kickboxer and you know he's having real kickboxing fights, then he's a badass. You know, so well, uh, you think so? That could have gone in his way, but just somehow he didn't. You know, I don't get it, man. Like he he had all this stuff like in his favor. You know, mm. so that's that's the story of of Sean O'Hare and how that went in real life. Would you like to hear me trying to tinker around with the storyline a little bit and to try and approve it? I would absolutely love it. Um, you can't do any worse than what WWE did with Sean O'Hare or WCW. Um, I mean, here you've got a guy, like you say, he's got unlimited potential for that, for that gimmick, which is just so cool. Like, like genuinely, if, if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, just go onto YouTube, Google Sean O'Hare, Devil's Advocate, and just... The promos he does are so um I don't know what the word is. It's um like it's not creepy. It is a little bit creepy, but it's like ominous, like just um makes yeah. you feel very uneasy watching them because it's like he's just got a, a very interesting way of speaking. And then, you know, for him to become a bodyguard like two weeks later who doesn't speak or anything and then fired like the next year, it's just 
a total waste of like what could have been an, an amazing, an amazing character. So I am very interested in what you, what you um, have to say about Sean O'Hare today. Do you remember they had Roddy Piper doing that thing? I think Sean O'Hare was with him with uh, Zach Gowan, the one-legged dude. Ah, Zach Gowan. Remember, I, I do remember Zach Gowan. Yeah, the, the one-legged dude. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's what they did. <laughs> yeah. They pulled off his leg, right? Yeah, they pulled off his leg and they're like, oh fuck. He um, used to be two-legged Zach Gowan. Yeah, till Piper just ripped his leg off, and they yeah. they they aired that live. They're like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No blood though, which is weird. No, no, just straight off. Uh, yeah. yeah. You think a dude would bleed when he rip his leg off? No. Well, Piper's a legend. <laughs> well, I, for- I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> uh, that got me. That was a good one. Well played. All right. You want to hear the story? Yes. Go for it. Okay. This is going to surprise you. He may be a legend, but he doesn't factor into my storyline whatsoever. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so sorry, Roddy Piper, but, you know. You can, you can Piper's pull... calling, but Dylan's not answering. Piper, Roddy Piper can pull the legs off boys in his own time. Yes. But it's not, <laughs> it's not happening on my storyline, okay? Piper, not on this podcast. God damn it. <laughs> what you do at home is, <laughs> is your own business. <laughs> I don't want to know, frankly. Don't bring that to work, all right? No. Not at all. Not interested. Him walking up the fence, he's like, Vince, I got a great idea. All right, now hear me out. <laughs> Yank his leg off. And <laughs> <laughs> It'll look great. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Here's my storyline, okay? So, in January 2003, we have Sean O'Hare, does the same old business, you know, comes out, does the vignettes, is creepy, has a good look about him, the trench coat, never, can't forget the trench coat. It's a very important part. And he's, you know doing what he was doing in real life to begin with you know mm. this is in january 2003 now in 2003 you've got a big show and and is on the show uh brock lesnar kurt angle these are your kind of like heavy hitters at the time undertaker mm. i think at the beginning of the year brock lesnar and, and kurt angle are fighting over the heavyweight championship actually for most of 2003 i think it's brock lesnar and kurt angle that's for the I think, uh, what was it, the Universal Championship, do they call it then? Undisputed, wasn't undisputed. it? Undisputed. Yes. It's, it's Universal now. It's undisputed. It's undisputed yeah. then. By the way, my favorite ever belt design, the Undisputed Championship. I love that belt so much. Beautiful. I really like that one. So, yes, uh, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle are the undisputed kind of title contenders right there. And the United States Championship wasn't introduced until the middle of uh, 2003, there was no like mid card title until I think August. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, let me see where we are. Yes, in January 2003, the champion is Kurt Angle, who loses to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, as you remember. From the, you remember that match, right? I remember the shooting star press where he landed on his face. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Sean O'Hare, after having a couple of months of vignettes, is also at WrestleMania. He is seen backstage talking to Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar talks to them both separately you know and he's telling them things they don't already know or they you know that uh he's getting in their ears he's saying hey Kurt Angle you better watch out you know Brock Lesnar you may be an Olympic wrestler but Brock Lesnar he means business like you know this you know I'm not telling you and you don't already know Mm. going over to Brock Lesnar is like hey Brock you know you've done a lot of really good amateur wrestling but Kurt Angle won a gold medal that cat knows what he's doing. He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Mm-hmm. 
wink, wink. You know what I mean? You can break his neck and he'll still beat you. You yeah. gotta really kill Kurt Angle. But I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. You know what I mean? So he's antagonizing them. He's getting them all worked up, right? And by talking to Brock Lesnar like that, it explains why Brock Lesnar went too far and tried the shooting star press. That's genius. Because he wouldn't have tried it if Sean O'Hare hadn't gotten to his head. And he's here. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. I like that, yeah. But he's like, I have to kill Kurt Angle. I have to, you know, I have to risk it all. Put like all did. the stops. He tried it. He risked it all. Didn't really pay off. Well, it did pay off. I think he won the match. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at what after, cost? Which, yeah, exactly. Fucked his, <laughs> fucked his neck up. Yeah. So after WrestleMania, Kurt Angle takes some time off. But Sean O'Hare continues to be around backstage. And he continues to kind of... Not give pep talks to Brock Lesnar, but he's a, you know sometimes he'll be around and sometimes he'll he'll talk to Brock you know straight to him very calmly you know he's not shouting at Brock he's not like hey fuck you buddy he's got a very um, friendly tone very conversational and he makes it clear that he's not gone in after Brock Lesnar's championship Brock Lesnar of course has a target on his back as being champion. Sean O'Hare comes in and says, hey, dude, I gave you some advice that helped you win at WrestleMania. Now I'm just hanging out, you know. I don't want your belt. I just want to talk. Brock Lesnar is used to people coming after him for the belt. So he starts to trust Sean O'Hare because Sean O'Hare isn't after his belt. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So Brock is a little, you know what Brock Lesnar, you know what Brock Lesnar's like. You know, he's um, he's a little put off by Sean O'Hare kind of talking to him like this, but also... At the same time, he's like, there is truth in it. I can understand what Sean O'Hare is saying to me, you know, and it's it's not been revolutionary, but you know, it's it's making Brock Lesnar think. So anyway, in July 2003, the United States Championship is introduced in at Vengeance in a tournament, and real life Eddie Guerrero wins the tournament. So we're gonna we're gonna change things a little bit, okay? In real life, Sean O'Hare, of course, wasn't originally in the tournament, but I think we'll we'll change all that. What we're going to do is there was going to be a match between Billy Gunn and fucking somebody else. doesn't matter who. In real life, by the way, Billy Reno. Gunn... Reno, perfect. In real life, Billy Gunn was in the tournament. Uh, Eddie Guerrero beat Billy Gunn on the way to the top of the tournament. So this all, you know, is still in, ter- in, in storyline too. Billy Gunn is supposed to be in the tournament, but he's fine backstage. He's beaten up. He's got the shit kicked out of him, so he can't compete. Sean O'Hare strides into the scene and says, hey, now that there's an open vacancy in the tournament, why don't I take it? I'm a wrestler. I've got my boots. I'm ready to go. So they're like, okay, that's fine. So Sean O'Hare, through a series of just being a good wrestler, but also kind of getting in the head of his opponents, has not only found himself in this tournament, but manages to get himself to the tournament final which is going to be at Vengeance, July 2003. So I've decided to keep Eddie Guerrero in the tournament. So the final is going to be Eddie Guerrero versus Sean O'Hare. Originally, in real life, the final was Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. But we've seen that match a, a ton of times, right? Eddie oh, and Benoit. Once or twice, right? Right. So now we're going to have Eddie versus Sean O'Hare. It's a new, interesting matchup. You've got Eddie Guerrero, the wily veteran who can lead this guy around the ring. Sean O'Hare can be this up-and-coming, youthful guy who can really get a chance to show what he can do against a uh, veteran like Eddie. So it's perfect. Makes sense. Eddie Guerrero, before the match, of course, is getting amped up. And he, of course, Sean O'Hare makes his way over and starts talking to Eddie. Starts getting into his ear. As he does, he's very calm. He's very friendly. He's not 
He's not, you know, over the top with it. He's not telling them anything he doesn't already know. Mm. But he's saying, look how far Sean O'Hare has come from not even being in the tournament to now being in the final. It's amazing. Nobody would give him a chance before this. And mm. now he's in the final for the United States Championship. You know, he's saying that Sean O'Hare himself has a chip on his shoulder, given how not only this company, but the previous company has treated him. As we've covered, they didn't do a great job with him. You know what I mean? Whereas Eddie Guerrero has found success and he's ridden it off into the sunrise. He's had his time in the sun. Now it's Sean O'Hare's chance. That's fair. Everybody knows how good Eddie Guerrero is, but nobody realizes how great Sean O'Hare is because nobody has really seen Sean O'Hare yet. But he's not telling Eddie anything he doesn't already know, right? So during the match, Eddie Guerrero's fucking pissed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's like, fuck you. I'm going to kill you. Because he, you know, he got riled up by Sean O'Hare. But Sean O'Hare always has a counter to whatever Eddie's trying to throw at him. And you know Eddie Guerrero, well known for lying, cheating, and stealing, now he's getting frustrated that somebody has finally found counters to all of these little things that he does. Every time Eddie tries to cheat, Sean O'Hare has a way out of it. He knows what he's doing. Eddie's getting frustrated. So eventually he brings the championship into the ring. Oh, uh, Sean O'Hare ducks it, stops him with his finisher. Eddie lands on top of the belt. So, you know, the referee doesn't see that bit, just sees the finisher. But, of course, Eddie getting hit by the belt, it hurts. It hurts more. You know how that that works. A shot from a championship belt is like 10 chairs. Yeah. You know? It's like a bus, basically. Yeah, it's like a bus. It's, oh, it hurts. It's like if Piper ripped her leg off, you know? Exactly. Oh, it hurts. Probably, probably, probably not even as bad as that, but, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. So, yes, Sean O'Hare hits his finisher on the belt, and Eddie, of course, is lying on top of the belt during the three counts. The referee doesn't see it. And Sean O'Hare is your first, well, the the first in the WWE recognized United States Championship mm. lineage. So there you go. Sean O'Hare, first WWE United States Champion. Obviously, Eddie Guerrero is not happy about this. So Eddie and Sean O'Hare go back and forth for a month or two. Eddie wanted to get revenge, trying to, you know, uh, avenge the loss that he had at Vengeance, funnily enough. But Sean O'Hare always has... He always finds a way. He's he's always finding a way to wind up Eddie somehow or get him to disqualify himself or just find a counter to it. Sean O'Hare always finds a way out of it. And, you know, he'll tell Eddie, he's like, I beat you again and again, but I'm not telling you anything in order you know. <laughs> Which just winds him up even more. So already Sean O'Hare is looking all right. He's been beating Eddie Guerrero for a couple of months now. He's looking pretty fucking sweet. After a while, once the feud with Eddie Guerrero has kind of come to an end, Billy Gunn comes back, and he guns, he get this for a pun, he guns straight for Sean O'Hare. See, because he's Billy Gunn. I get it. Thank you. I, I even clever. paused. I even paused for an applause break. Yeah. So. Do you want me to input applause into the into the podcast? I, I can totally do that. Could you input people booing instead? Yes, I can. Thank you. So Billy Gunn guns out there, Sean O'Hare. Thank you. you. And he's pissed because he's like. Dude, you're the reason I I should be the United States champion right now. It's because of you. You beat me up backstage. You took my spot. This is bullshit. I want my belt back. Sean O'Hare, of course, tells him, hey, it's not true. I wasn't the one that beat you. I, I didn't attack you. It's true that I got into the tournament. That is true. But it's not true that I was the one responsible for that. I just took advantage of it. And also, he tells him that uh, Billy Gunn is the second most talented member of the Smoking Guns. Behind our good friend Bart Gunn. <laughs> Which is so true. Yeah, of course. 
Bart Gunn, a legend in the ring. We all respect him. How many but boxing I, tournaments has Billy Gunn won? Well, legal or, or illegal ones. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important. Mm. So because of this, Billy Gunn doesn't believe Sean O'Hare about either of those points. So he, they have a little feud. But after a while, with Sean O'Hare getting into Billy Gunn's head, after a while, Billy Gunn actually does start to become convinced that Sean O'Hare had nothing to do with who, who attacked him. So Sean O'Hare is looking very interesting right now. He's still a United States champion. We're getting into the end of the year, starting to head into the beginning of next year, which is 2004. So now Billy Gunn, in the that kind of like, you know, November, December, January kind of time, is trying to figure out who it was that attacked him and cost him that chance at the, the United States Championship. After a while, Billy Gunn finally manages to put his detective hat on. He figures out that the person that beat him up before the tournament was none other than Brock Lesnar. Ooh. Sean O'Hare had got into Brock Lesnar's head that much, so subtly, you know, without even having to say it, where he's saying, listen, man, I'm not after your championship, but if you could help me get a championship, Mm -hmm. then I think we'll have a good relationship here. Mm -hmm. So Brock Lesnar beats up Billy Gunn, gives Sean O'Hare a way to get into the tournament. So right now, everybody can see that the shit Sean O'Hare says really has a purpose. Because now we're in January, and he started talking to Brock Lesnar in WrestleMania last year. You know what I mean? Mm. People are like, well, this guy, the way he talks, like a cult leader, it makes yeah. sense. The guy's persuasive. Charismatic. Right. But then they also look at the fact that he was like, listen, Billy Gunn, I didn't attack you. It wasn't me. That was, and then he's like, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. That was all true. Man, he's a man of his word. Mm. So now he looks really good. He's a, true, he's a man of his word. He's a creepy dude. He's got the belt. Everything's going in his favor. You know, and, you know, Sean O'Hare comes out and admits it. It's all, it's all true. You know, um, and he, he's been doing this because why wouldn't you kind of buddy buddy up with the big dog in, in, in the company, Brock Lesnar, right? He doesn't have to fight him. They can both coexist perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know. That's that's he doesn't have to go after Brock Lesnar because he can make Brock Lesnar do whatever he wants, which is even more important. Sean O'Hare just goes out in a big tangent. He just talks about how he has been held down his entire career. And that's been the truth. Like we've covered before, he's not had a great career. Despite having everything in his favor, he's not had a good career. And he's decided to make a change himself. And he's the only one brave enough to do that. There's a lot of young guns in the back. They're just spinning their wheels and going nowhere. But Sean O'Hare was the only one smart enough to play the rules or to play the game with the already established rules that the other veterans have already made clear. And he's been able to play this game better than everybody else. And now he's gotten everything he wanted. He's on top. You know, people might people might say Brock Lesnar's the top, right? But it, but who's pulling the strings? Yeah. But he's not, telling you, he's not telling you anything you already know. So from here, you could have Brock Lesnar fighting Billy Gunn at the Royal Rumble, and then in real life, Brock Lesnar and Billy Gunn, no, Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero fought at No Way Out uh, 2004, which is in February. But in my storyline, there's a reason why they fight. It's because Brock Lesnar, by taking out Billy Gunn in the tournament, is indirectly the reason why Eddie Guerrero didn't win the United States Championship, hmm. and so now he wants a shot at Brock Lesnar's championship. See, it all ties together. See that? Like and it. there you go. Sean O'Hare continues to be United States champion. I didn't really like come up with a way to 
to stop him being the champion. I just thought for the duration of this storyline, it makes sense for him to be the champion. Um, so let's just say Sean O'Hare is the United States champion forever and ever. Perfect. And that's Even to it. This day. Yep, he's still champion. <laughs> I think eventually you've got to have some kind of showdown between Sean O'Hare and Brock down the line, right? Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, I figured that's like long-term stuff. I mm. think you could you could stretch that out for longer than a year. I think mm. you, if you were smart about it, and then by that point, like what was that 2004? Say the year after that, 2005, it was Brock Lesnar versus Sean O'Hare at WrestleMania. I'd fucking that, you know it could work. And you've already, you, you've already laid the ground rules, the kind of groundwork for that already in the last couple of months. So you just have to build up and build up, and I think it could be done. Yeah, you, you basically you've laid the foundation for Sean O'Hare there, and like all WWE have to do after that is not fuck it up. Exactly. Which, you know, maybe they would still, but I mean that's still it's it's a lot better than what we would have got, uh, or what we did get. Sorry for the for the Devil's Advocate story. Man, I'm a I'm a big fan of that story. Um, like I I loved it right from the start where Sean O'Hare is convincing he's the reason that Brock done the shooting star press because he convinced him he couldn't beat Kurt Angle just by using his regular moves and like I just love the whole um I just love the aspect of the kind of like. Is it is it silver tongue you call it when you when you're like very convincing and you're and you're speaking yeah. like you've got a silver tongue uh getting in people's ears before the match like you know mentally um, mentally breaking them down I just I just love the the, the kind of super super intelligent portrayal of O'Hare uh, and like scouting scouting his points before the match as well like maybe he's um you know when he's undoing Eddie's cheats you know Eddie's trying to cheat Sean O'Hare has an answer for that like it's it's like maybe he's not the world's greatest wrestler but he's smart you know yeah um, i just i just love that that thing like getting at people's heads like manipulating them it's great and like that's exactly what the devil's advocate character should have been it should have been that it should have been silver tongue and should have been getting to people's heads manipulating them and just causing havoc that way like causing more havoc mentally than he does physically exactly like that's the thing i think more people should do whenever they you hear sometimes people cut a promo and they're like i'm gonna you know i've, I've been watching your wrestling before I've, I've seen your matches i've seen the tapes yada yada if they do that kind of talk, you would expect that if they have a fight, the guy who's watched all the tapes and watched all the matches mm-hmm. would know counters to every one of this guy's moves, right? Mm-hmm. That's never what happens. And I feel like a guy like Sean O'Hare with this gimmick, that's what he would do because it makes it look like he's in, he's already in your head. You know, he's already like he, he'll he'll talk to you before the match and try to psych you out that way. And you can try to, you can just disregard that if you want. That's fine, but because whatever happens in the ring is the important stuff. But when he when he starts countering the stuff that nobody else counters, then you're really on the back foot. Yeah. Then he has the advantage in two different ways. Now he's in your head and he's outresting you. So like that's the kind of, it's like psychology. Like that's the kind of shit that would have worked perfectly for that character. And of course they couldn't, you know, it took too much thought to do that shit. <laughs> so why in, bother? In that era as well, it was perfect for that era at the same time. Like just that was a that was a kind of character led kind of era in SmackDown history as well. Like you had obviously Sean O'Hare, you had Mordecai, you had um, fucking like Heidenreich and shit like that coming in. Like uh, we don't talk about Heidenreich, but um, well, you, know, you will next week. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm never doing a hide and wreck episode. <laughs> never ever. Uh, maybe I keep it tumble but but yeah, um, just uh, it would have been perfect. And like the, the devil's advocate whole thing, it's just it was such a perfect gimmick, and it just never happened. And it's so sad that that is the case. And then obviously, like, even sadder that you know the guy kind of unfortunately ended his life like not not too soon after. You know, it's uh, it's terrible. But guy had like bags of potential. He looked great. He could cut a promo. He had charisma. Uh, 
he had the height, he had the physique, he had like the, the tattoos, he had the great vignettes, he had the kind of kickboxing background. He's a legit badass. Like, how did they fuck that up so badly? <laughs> you never ask the WWE that question. Yeah. And then they you've will... got fucking Heidenreich fighting Undertaker in a casket match or something, whatever it was. Like he's main event in pay per views with with uh, Undertaker, and you've got fucking Sean O'Hare doing fuck well, all. It's do you just remember? Ridiculous. Do you remember Nathan Jones? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been this. This that would have been this time, wasn't that 2003? That was 2003, and he was gonna. Oh, he was gonna main. He was gonna do WrestleMania, the tag match yes. at WrestleMania with Undertaker, but they pulled him out of it because he couldn't wrestle for shit. Because <laughs> he was so shit. And they no, booked him a handicap match. They booked him at WrestleMania before they even checked oh. to see whether or not he was a good wrestler. The Colossus from Boggle Road, wasn't it? That not his his name? Doesn't that sound scary? It does a bit. But oh, not not Boggle Road. Oh, Boggo. Oh, <laughs> Boggo is the name of a character in Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's how scary that fucker is you know just make like, the Simpsons thing like gabble like, instead of wobble, wobble right like, but, like, they had gabble, they gabble. had this guy at the same time as they had Sean O'Hare doing this gimmick and they're like no we want this fucker he can't do anything Ugh, that's what I mean like they, they, they had chances and they kind of squandered them you know? seconds me it seconds me and yeah your, your storyline was good I wish they'd done that they didn't that sucks but yeah, I liked it. Thank you. You know, that's all that matters. Is it you yeah. like it? You know? That's it. It's, uh, we do this podcast for ourselves only, you know. Yeah, we're not we're not actually releasing these on the internet, are we? Do people? This is for us, right? No, no, no. Don't don't worry about it. No, no one downloads yeah. this. Good. Nobody, nobody at all. I just I just voted in that poll thirty-seven times myself. Yeah, the fake accounts. Yeah. <laughs> not not Bryce O2 at Twitter. <laughs> press read, press i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh you you would you uh do you want to do a tombola yes i want to do a tombola i'm actually I, i'm very motivated by my, my last tombola where i had no fucking clue what i was going to say until i said it so um you know just uh right, right up until you you gave me like um like the countdown three two one i had no idea what i was going to say then, then it just all happened so i've got confidence in my brain to come up with some kind of storyline with whatever you give me today that's the best way. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Is that you have like three seconds. Your your brain has to just smush together all the information in three seconds. Yeah, oh, literally. Okay. Just, Here we go. Comprehensible, yeah. <laughs> and it just turns into a fucking storyline from WCW 2000. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> with Reno. <laughs> Good old Reno. You know what the problem with this episode is? Not enough Reno. We're gonna get people asking you to do Heidenreich and me to do Reno. Oh, man. That's what's going to happen. I don't want to do Heidenreich. <laughs> Everybody's poetry oh, gimmick. Oh, please. Like, got please. Cool, cool. Somebody take that out of context, please. <laughs> I would not do Heidenreich. I don't want to do Heidenreich. Don't know. <laughs> don't make me. <laughs> do like... That was his gimmick, though. He used to rape Michael Cole, remember? <laughs> I don't know if he did that, but... Well, he, he, he made it seem like he was touching him up, you know? It was, 
I do remember the scene where he's got kind of backstage, and uh, it's highly questionable. But yeah, yeah. Cape Ear Tambola, Cape Ear Tambola, Cape Ear Tambola. Okay, so last episode, Bryce, you introduced a new fun factor into it, the bro factor that we can call it, oh, where no. um, if I, uh, whenever the Tambola is going, if you say bro at any time, the person has to change their uh, <laughs> suggestion to something else. Now, I, I really enjoyed that. And I hadn't planned on doing that this week. So here's here's my compromise, what I'm gonna do. Okay. Is I am gonna not do it this week, but I'm gonna say if you guys want me to do it to Bryce next week, let me know. Okay. Is that fair? That's so, fair, yeah. Okay. Guys, like, the audience should um, the audience should decide who gets uh broad, basically yes, next. Like. Exactly. <laughs> Every week tell us. Well could we should we do a poll? We should do a, it could do a poll, who's, who's next to get broad, basically, or something like that. Yeah, we could organize that on Twitter, for sure. Exactly. I mean, I really liked the bro idea, but um, I didn't want it to spring it on you. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I, I, I would never do that to you, so... Like. No, but that was funny, though. Remember the <laughs> fucking cowboy hat? <laughs> King, King Van Damme. He's <laughs> a fucking astronaut. He's an astronaut. <laughs> If you've not listened to the episode on Kane, uh, that Cape of Tambola is maybe the, the best of all time. Like, <laughs> it's my crowning achievement, I think. Uh, it's I don't think I'm going to do any better than that. Anyway, now all you have to do is do a better Cape of Tambola than I did. You yeah. can do that. In Cape of Tambola, basically, Bryce is going to pick a letter from A to D and a number from 1 to 4. And I'm going to read out whatever random suggestions he has for a wrestler and for a scenario. And Bryce will have one minute to try and come up with a really funny storyline based on that wrestler and that scenario. We all up to speed? I think they got that. Excellent. I mean, if you guys don't know what it is by now, it's soon going to be your favorite part of the show. (laughs) It's so good. It is a lot of fun. It's it's the most stressful minute of my life every every two weeks, but it's um it's uh, it's, it's good fun. It is. I fucking love it. I really do. I could do I could do a whole fucking episode of just you throwing cape <laughs> bullets at me. Um, we'll 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 see about that in the future. But anyway, Bryce, if you want to pick a letter and a number for me, please. Give me B. Uh, B three. B three. B three. Be free, Butterfree. That's an episode of Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... That's the original Pokedex, right? Yeah. Oh, Butterfree was awesome. Shout out to Pokemon fans. Hell yeah. All right. So you could have had, out of the wrestlers, you could have had best friend of the podcast, Viscera. <sighs> you dodged that bullet. And that's a big fucking that's bullet. That's not a right bullet. There. That's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. Well, you, you dodged it anyway. You could have had Viscera. You could have had Jillian Hall. Oh, fucking hell. You could have had... Yeah. yeah. Hey, not this time. You could have had the ECW zombie. (laughs) But you did not. You got the Mounty. Oh, no. Do you remember the Mounty? You probably don't remember the Mounty. I know of the Mounty. I don't think I've ever seen a Mounty match or anything like that. I've seen him. I've seen a couple. I've seen him against Bret Hart. Okay. I think it was at the Royal Rumble, fucking 90, when was it, 92? I don't know. It's not, whatever. I was born in 92. <laughs> well, what age was I in 92? Four? Oh, we don't have to remember the Mounty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, turn that fucking TV on. I got to see this Mounty stat. Um, so you've got the Mounty. 
the scenarios you could have had. You could have had um, he becomes Mr. Ass's doctor, Dr. Anus. <laughs> right. I'll shout out to our favorite Dr. Anus. We talked about <laughs> Dr. Anus, didn't we? We talked about Drainus, yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, so a little shout out right there. You could have had uh, it keeps continually fucking up Matt Hardy, you know? Like, <laughs> like, <Sam laughs> like how... Do you remember right. he like threw a chair at Matt Hardy and it fucked him up? And then like two weeks later, they had that um, match in the stadium, but Matt Hardy got knocked out. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. And it's all like it's weird that all of that happened because of Sammy Guevara. So you, right. you could you could have had that. I I actually, by the way, really like the idea of just somebody just accidentally always ending up like you know hurting Matt Hardy. Yeah, just, just no matter what they of, do, like yeah. <laughs> He's just eating like lunch backstage, and somehow it hurts my heart. He's like, "Oh man, not again!" <laughs> like a voodoo doll. Uh, but you, you didn't get that one. You... Can you hear my dog in the background? <laughs> I can hear your dog in the background. Sorry. <laughs> she's she's gonna get fed, so she's going outside now. Um, but she loves food. You could have had that, and you could have had accidentally burns down Madison Square Garden. Right. Which would have been good. That would have been good too. Man. You didn't get that. What did we get for the MMT? Well, and good luck with this one, my friend. <laughs> you will have one minute to tell me about the Mighty and how the Mighty invents his own signature wrestling match. You know how The Undertaker had the Buried Alive match, Kane yes. had the Inferno match, and all the other ones. Buff Bagwell had his mother on a pole. The classic matches uh, associated with those people. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have one minute to come up with how the mighty comes up with his own wrestling match. Are you ready? No, not at all. <laughs> what the hell like... am I gonna do with this? Hey. <laughs> well, you remember, but before we start, remember the the, the mighty. He's Canadian. They ride yes. on horses. Um, yes. So that's something you could maybe use. Remember, they're like policemen, kind of. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, think of something like that. I can. I can wing something. I, I think. I, I you... can... I think you can do this. Also, I've, remember, he, he has a hat, so maybe that could be part of the match. He does have a hat. You're right. Maybe think, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm just trying to help you out. Um, Bryce, yes. I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready to tell you everything about the Mounties' <laughs> new match. Let me let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> Get ready for Buckle in, boy. <laughs> boy, this one would have been a great one to do the bro on, wouldn't it? Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> okay. You are lucky then. I'm going to count you down, and then we're going to start. You're going to have 60 seconds, okay? Right. Three, two, one, go. So the Mountie's got to come up with his own match, right? And because the Mountie's Canadian, and because the Mountie is a policeman who also uh, wears a hat and rides a horse, <laughs> Mountie is coming up with a match which is called the Maple Syrup Match. And yeah. the, the way you win this match is that you've got to transport. So you know how you get... Um, like uh, stretcher matches where you've got to transport your opponent uh, to a certain um, to a certain area of the of the arena. What yeah. Mount is going to do is he, to win the maple syrup match. You have to transport your opponent via horse uh, 
um, to to a, a big pool of maple syrup, and let oh. me tell you, it gets sticky after here because you got to win a match by throwing him into maple syrup, <laughs> and then surrounding the maple syrup is obviously policemen that are trying to stop you from throwing into the maple syrup. So they're like, no, you can't throw him in, you can't throw him in. That's illegal. You can't do it. It's illegal to throw someone in maple syrup in Canada. Um, so it's also based in it's in Canada by the way, and so that's part of the match as well. So it's, like, it's like a it's like a lumberjack match because the police try to stop you doing it, and then the horse it's that's a stretch it. of match because the horses are coming. I don't care if it's ever done. I'm fucking going with this. If you got you got to transport with a horse, and the policeman try to stop you doing it, and then at the end, when you've got on the maple syrup, you've got to put a hat on him, a mounty hat, and <laughs> that is that. It means you have won the maple syrup match. So, like, fucking making kayfabe, fucking done. Like that is the mounties own match can i just say that my brother lives in canada and i can't confirm that it is actually illegal to throw a man into a big vat of maple syrup well everyone knows that and that's yeah. why the policemen are surrounding it so it can't happen you know they've got all these all these vats of maple syrup around canada with policemen around them because you know you can't you can't just throw someone in maple no. syrup you know can't you can't just go around throwing people in maple syrup willy-nilly that's ridiculous exactly and then once they're in yeah. the syrup they're stuck in the syrup that's when you put the hat on yeah because then that that kind of um cements the syrup when you put the hat on, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it glues it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get you. You know how it like, works. You fucking, you fucking you did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. If you I didn't think... tell me anything about horses and policemen and hats before that, I don't think I could have done it. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna say I think you nailed it. I'm happy it with that. Really fucking good. I like it. I like, I like the police are on the outside. So the like, lumberjacks, yeah. they're in, yeah. So they're in the ring and they're fighting, right? Yes. The two guys. And yeah. then they get out of the ring like a street fight, and then yes. they go to a different part of the arena. Via horse. The, by, of course. Yeah, they get in the horses. They go to the other part of the arena, yeah. which is a vat of maple syrup surrounded yes. by policemen. And then you have to get the guy off the horse into the maple syrup. And then where do you get – is there hats hanging on the vats, like on poles or in the vats? And you of take course the there is. They're on poles. Like, it's a very simple concept, Tim. I don't understand why you're not getting it. I'm just trying to visualize it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes um in fact i'll tell you what you have to actually take one of the policeman's hats because the policemen are also mounties so you've got to wrestle the policeman and then get yes. the hat of the policeman and then you put it on the, the head of the loser who is reno i i'm on board yeah i'm in favor of this match i like it there we go so the there you go that's match creation how good are we man <laughs> Every week after week, we're inventing. We're not just inventing storylines. We're inventing whole matches. We're we're changing the wrestling business as we know it. Yeah, hundred percent. Revolutionaries, you know. So there you go, guys. Um, that's the show. I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening to our story about Sean O'Hare. I very much enjoyed listening to the Maple Syrup match. <laughs> it's a shame it was only one one minute long because I could I could watch that half hour classic. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a <laughs> Next week I'm making kayfabe. <laughs> we, we have to stop. Because people are going to be like, when are you doing that episode? Like, yeah. <laughs> the Maple Surf episode. <laughs> yeah, we've already booked like four other episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None of them are Maple Surf related yet. Yeah, well, we'll fucking, we're going to work it in. Trust we'll find me. a way. If, uh, listen, I want to say thank you very much to everybody who's listening to the show, who's downloaded, who's rated us, who's talking about us on Twitter and on YouTube and all that stuff. We really appreciate it. We fucking love you guys. If you guys have any suggestions for Kayfabe to pose yourself, or if you want to just give us some fun, positive feedback or anything like this, feel free to reach us on Twitter at MakingKayfabe, or you can find us at uh, MakingKayfabe at gmail.com. That's, That's our it. 
email address. So feel free to get in touch, man. We love hearing from people on Twitter. We're, you know, we're on Twitter. You're, you're, you're on Twitter. We do the tweets. Yeah, we do. Uh, we love hearing anything you guys are, are digging about the show. We, we, uh, we really appreciate that, man. So, yeah, feel free to drop us a line if you like the show. And give us give us your thumbs up, the five-star ratings, all that stuff. Subscribe. All the good shit. Ring the bell. Yeah. F- make a fake account. Uh, not do it all again. 23. Yeah. yeah. Do it all. Uh, Vote in the polls. Yeah. Ma- Maple Syrup Madness 121 at twitter.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We'll see you. See you next week. <laughs>